Welcome to Nine Plus, a podcast that explores some of the research activities being carried out by staff at Waterford Institute of Technology. My name is Rob O'Connor from the Department of Computing and Mathematics, but don't let that scare you off. Today, we're featuring two colleagues from the School of Business, Dr. Margaret Tynan and Professor Felicity Kelleher. We spoke about their work in researching creativity, opportunity recognition and entrepreneurship. They're both heavily involved with the Growth Hub at WIT, a new enough initiative informed by their own research that aims to promote entrepreneurial activities among undergraduate students and the wider WIT community. Felicity told us about her success with Lego Serious Play, which I definitely want to have a go of in the not-too-distant future. Margaret described a concrete example of a growth hub project, specifically a gig featuring the band Saint Sister, which was put on by some students and staff from the music and business schools. Both Margaret and Felicity busted some myths regarding entrepreneurship, which certainly gave me some pause for thought. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at 9pluspodcast, that's digit 9PLUS podcast, and if you like what you hear, please leave us a positive review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. So, without further preamble, let's get to it. As is customary on the podcast, I began by asking my guests to state their current role at WIT. Margaret Tynan went first. So I'm currently the project lead in the Growth Hub, um, which is a brand new initiative here in WIT to support support student entrepreneurial potential. Um, in my my previous role in WIT, I'm a lecturer in uh, management and entrepreneurship. And in terms of research, my research is in the whole area of entrepreneurship education. And Felicity, same question to you. What's your current role? at WIT, or roles might be a better way of putting it. So I am a professor in management practice at WIT and um, I'm the privilege of working with Margaret in the Growth Hub for a little bit of my time. Um, and I'm also working at school level on a variety of projects, but including the research lead project with Tom Lardine. OK, so the focus of today's discussion is about the growth hub and entrepreneurship and and creativity and uh, many things tied up with that. Let's start with just explaining what the Growth Hub is. So, Margaret, we'll give that to you. What is the Growth Hub? Okay, so I think the Growth Hub is a tremendous opportunity for students um, and our colleagues here in WIT to really put entrepreneurship on the map. Um, For us, it gives us an opportunity to support students here on campus who have Um, an interest in entrepreneurship and that interest might simply be curiosity at this stage or for others that interest could have led them to do something in that um, entrepreneurship space and by that I mean that they had an idea to to set up a business or to organise and run something um, and they have followed that idea through. So what we would like to do is to be able to support students in terms of learning more about entrepreneurship, introducing them to people who have set up and run their own businesses, um, uh, running kind of different workshops and different events and getting students from all disciplines, so regardless of what they're studying, for them to feel that they can come and they can join these uh, events that that we're running Um, and for us to be able to kind of give advice and guidance to students who are in the process of running a business or have an interest in running a business while they're in college. 
So you've been largely talking there about undergraduates, but this the Growth Hub is informed by your own research. Yeah. So could you maybe explain where that is coming from and how that is being ploughed into the Growth Hub? OK, so my whole interest um, is very much at the kind of starting phases of that um, entrepreneurial journey. And really what I mean by that is that, um, you know, for for anybody to set up a, a business or for anybody to pursue um, a, a, an initiative, it has to start with an idea somewhere. So my research was really trying to understand that process and to tease out that process and to understand the link between creativity and entrepreneurship. So in order to do that, I actually stepped outside my my own discipline of business and I looked to um, kind of the, the, the arts and in particular to visual communications to understand how it is that students um, in those disciplines um, develop their competencies in terms of creativity um, and to see whether or not there were things that we could learn about the way in which the creative disciplines develop those competencies that can be transferable to um, other disciplines such as entrepreneurship. So that really opened my my eyes to the importance of creating um, an environment that's conducive to um, collaboration, that's conducive to the sharing of ideas, bouncing ideas around, working with your peers and working with your, your colleagues in terms of teasing out where you can go with those ideas and the importance of exploration. Mm. So that when people are kind of coming up with, with ideas, you have to come up with lots of ideas sometimes in order to be able to identify the best route. So you need to be able to have time and space um, and, and the security to be able to kind of explore where those ideas are going to bring you. So that research actually has very much shaped what we're trying to do in the Growth Hub to create a collaborative space where people can come in, can bounce ideas around. So even the physical design of the Growth Hub is very much informed by what I what I, I would have learnt in terms of my own research and trying to bring that now into practice. And am I correct in saying this is this, so this is a funded programme. This isn't a solo run that Margaret Heinen and Felicity Kelleher are getting up to. This is a, a funded programme uh, and it's a collaboration between WIT and uh, TU Dublin. That's now, correct. Am I, I'm correct about that. Okay, you are correct, okay, yeah. Right. So and who are the funding body? So uh, the funding body is the, the um, HEA. It's coming from the Human Capital uh, Initiative. Um, so, you know, they, they provided the, the funding to ourselves to you Dublin and we teased out how we would like to see the growth hub um, develop on both sites. So we're running a similar project, but we actually do have the freedom to be able to tailor it to the needs of our own campuses. Um, so, we, you know, we're there and we're, we will support each other and tap into what, what each other is doing. Um, again, we have common deliverables, but mm. the way in which we deliver those can be different. OK, and Felicity, could you maybe just give a little bit of background as to your own research and how you're able to apply that in the context of the Growth Hub? 
Yeah, well, myself and Margaret are really complement of each other rather than being in any way the same. So I primarily work with small businesses, um, in particular owners, but also employees and looking at how to help them enhance their skills and their competencies, as Margaret was saying. So uh, I uh, work with them in an action research capacity, which is I always say it's both nosy and interfering. (laughs) Sorry, is that what action research is? I was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. Or just me. But (laughs) it it is what we what we try to do is to co-create a change in the organisation that allows them hone their skills to enhance their capacity to to learn and to grow the business. So we agree together what project would be the best project to design for the organisation and then using what we know from research about capability development or skill development, we co-design an intervention in the organisation that works with that organisation and the people in it to improve their business capacity to grow or capacity to network or capacity to be creative or innovative, which is 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 Margaret's world. So no one person would understand all the dynamics of that. So I just focus on people. I focus mm. on their management capability and their ability to work together. And then we draw from each other, not just Margaret and I, but a whole number of people who understand the research behind the other aspects of capability, whether that be innovation or creativity in Margaret's case. Um, and the learning that we've taken from that, we we realise that there's great potential there for us to really build those capabilities. If we looked at them as a collective capability in entrepreneurship or enterprise development, mm. then we've a real chance here with our undergraduates in particular to have us work with them closely in a way that's applied and active and that they can learn actively. So a lot of the tools we're using in the Growth Hub are active tools. We're not asking people to sit and listen to us wax lyrical. We're asking them to get their hands dirty and to co-design with us and each other in all the disciplines so that they can create something that we couldn't do if we were in isolation. Okay, so I don't have a business background. So if I'm saying anything incorrect, I don't mean this as an insult or you're not being clear. I just don't know. It sounds to me that a lot of the Growth Hub activity, it sounds like it's almost like a space for reflection and a space for reflection then that can then lead to identifying issues and then maybe coming up with some solutions that may or may not work for those issues. Would that be fair? You're nodding, so I hope I'm not insulting you by saying no, that. No, and actually I think um, it's a really, really good comment because reflection has a really important part to play in the whole creative process. Mm. You know, creativity is very much about being able to link disparate and, and kind of, you know, random bits of information together in a different way. And that requires an ability to be able to reflect on uh, what you have done, to be able to reflect on feedback that you have been given. So so the, the growth hub, I suppose, that environment we're trying to create is an environment where people can have that high energy activity whereby they, they're, they're generating lots of different ideas. They're using the tools that, that we will have um, uh, in order to help them to do that. But that reflective piece is really important. So it is getting 
think students to be able to, to sit back, to have a look at what they've learned, what they've done, what they've heard and how they can then move forward with some of those ideas. Mm. Yeah. Felicity, um, oh no, sorry, go ahead. Just thinking about reflection, um, not all of us reflect sitting quietly in a corner either. Mm. So a lot of the tools we have there are to help people reflect through their own natural way of reflecting. So some of the some of the um, equipment we're using is very tacit in nature. So you can touch it and feel it and play with it. So one of them is Lego Serious Play, but there are mon- many others that we are using. And they're really there to bring reflection to the surface for people, because sometimes we reflect deeper when we're touching something, when we're involved in building something physically. And we go a little deeper into the other bits of our brain that don't have to articulate, don't have to create words to explain. They can explain through through Lego or through um various different tools uh, that that allow all of us to participate, not just those of us who like to talk. I want to ask you about the Lego and the Lego series play, because I don't know what that is. I know what Lego is, obviously, and I'm a big fan of Lego. What is Lego series play? How are you using it? And what's the, I suppose, what's the goal? I think we need to get Rob into yeah, it. I'd love to play with Lego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've just recently built a robot out of Lego, actually. It was great fun. Oh, come into my parlours <laughs> with the spider to the fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I'm also a fan of Lego. I have I have adult nieces and nephews and one of them, when he was about 13, said, if you get me Lego for Christmas, that's your present to you. I want, uh, what was it, is it a DS or something yeah. like that? So um, so Lego Serious Play is absolutely, it's made by the Lego Corporation, but it's not conceived of as a, as a toy per se. It's a tool which allows us to uh, build so we know more than we can tell, uh, just as people. Yes. And if you think about it, I'm, I mean, uh, if you have kids or if you're around kids and you start playing, um, you know, are you are you then battling over the next piece on the floor to build what you your robot? Um, so it's also a really interactive tool, and it allows individuals to have um, have equal voice. So it's particularly good if we know there are different temperaments in the room. So let's say we have six people. One's really extroverted. So that person is using language in a way that's quietening down or losing the voice of the other five who might be all the way over into being a really quiet individual but has plenty to contribute. Lego series play allows them to, uh, so we give them a task. Let's say it is build your favourite teacher. And it gives them an opportunity to build an image of that and then to tell the story through the model they've just built. Each person gets independent time and is allowed to articulate without someone interrupting them. And then when they have told you the story through the model, you've the potential to maybe merge models, which can be really helpful in creativity. So let's say the the task was build a product that uh, or build something that will improve the parking at WIT. You then have the opportunity to merge those and say, OK, we're going to work collectively now and see what the collective solution is for parking at WIT. And again, you speak through that model uh, once built. You put time limits on it, but what it does is bring creativity to the surface in all sorts of different levels and ensures that everyone can participate equally. Mm. 
just fascinating stuff, really. Yeah, wait till you come and try yeah. it now. You're but not getting away with the, it. The, the, I'm even intrigued by the name Serious Play. I mean, it's an oxymoron in itself, mm. but I can mm. exactly see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's global. Um, uh, so I'm a, a certified, well, Margaret should tell you, that's been for years, but now <laughs> a certified facilitator with uh, Lego Serious Play wow. uh, as of recently. And um, I think that I was always interested in Tacit. I was always interested in we know more than we can tell. I was always really interested in watching uh, those who maybe weren't as vibrant in their language, watching how they developed and learned. And I think this is a really good equaliser tool for working with individuals who maybe are quieter but have plenty to say. Mm. And it gives them gives it gives a democracy to voice, uh, which makes it really helpful for undergraduates in particular. So if I'm hearing you correctly and if I'm not, please do correct me. It's that it's a way of unlocking some communication through nonverbal means. Yeah. Uh, is is yeah. that yeah, fair absolutely. enough? It's more than communication. It's a way of unlocking creativity through nonverbal means. If you ask the average, particularly Irish person. If you ask the Irish person, Irish person, are you creative? Oh, not at all. I'm sure I would yeah. know how to draw a straight line and all sorts of, you know, barriers get put in place all of a mm. sudden. Whereas if you don't ask them that question and just put this this kit in front of them and, and, and facilitate their development, they realise at the end that they are really creative. And how you know that is that they're taking photos of their own models above to the side, to the front. And that shows that they that there's um, an unspoken pride in what they've achieved as a as a creative person. Yeah. So yeah. it's really useful too. Margaret. Yeah. And unlocking, I think, people's creative potential, again, is one of the things that we want to try to harness within the growth hub. So I think unlocking it in the first instance um, and allowing people to 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 explore the potential of ideas that they may have. And then we come out the other side of that where we kind of say, OK, you know, in, in terms of your idea and how you see it working, let's go back and use some of these tools and put it together in some shape or form. So, you know, just basic rough prototyping, whereby, again, we go from concept to some type of a physical model where they, they, they're able to represent what's going on in their head. And I think that's really important um, in terms of us then being able to identify ways in which we can work with them to take it to the next step. Mm. And it's really powerful um, for interdisciplinary students in particular. Yes. Because you've just said um, to us, you know, explain it to an intelligent but uninformed person. Mm. And if you think about all the disciplines that we hope to bring together, well, then there's no reason why engineers, scientists, business students and arts and humanities people uh, working together can't achieve something that speaks to each of their disciplines, but offers something different than if they'd stayed in their own discipline alone. Mm. Yeah, because that's so, I mean, so computing my background and like there's a whole there's many languages in there, uh, you know, there's the jargon, then there's actually computer languages as well. But it can be very impenetrable. And one of the things that I hate is when we're in a, in a technical group and there's somebody who's not technical and it's it's you may as well be speaking, you know, Mandarin Chinese to them because they don't understand. And it's nothing to again, it's nothing to do with intelligence. It's just that this is not their area. Equally, I'm sure they would have an area that they could talk 
in and there's a jargon and a, a vocabulary associated with that. So what you're saying is that Lego or tools like that that mm-hmm. are available in the growth hub facilitate a, a democratization of that pro, of that communication process. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. a really great way of putting it. Thank um, you. You're very kind. And well, <laughs> it it will be using that next week. Yeah. Don't we? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's ours now, Margaret. Um, but that is a really good way of putting it because uh, as you well know, if you're in an, a new environment, you're you're trying to calibrate what somebody else is saying through your own lens. You're trying Mm. to put it through your own mind. And this allows people to put it through their own mind, but in a way that can be uh, collective. So as Margaret was saying, that the real potential here is the collective force of all these disciplines as potential business ideas is Mm. endless. Yeah, but I but I actually think you've raised a very valid point in terms of the use of language because the term entrepreneurship itself can be something that can be viewed very dis- differently depending on the discipline that the people are in. You know, and for some people, it can actually be perceived as a bad word, you know, or something that they really don't identify with. Whereas what we're trying to develop is people's entrepreneurial potential. And by that, you know, I mean looking at their ability to solve problems, to recognise that problems exist and to recognise their capacity to be able to um identify creative ways to solve those problems. Mm. And some of those solutions are things that will really improve other people's lives. They will really make things easier or make it faster or make it less painful, depending on on what that solution is. Um, And and really, that's what we're trying to, to, um, you know, develop and support within the Growth Hub is people's ability to be able to do those things and then to be able to support them to say, well, how do we take these ideas to the next stage that this could actually become something? Mm. And particularly where somebody has found um, a solution to a problem that they're very passionate about, that passion drives energy and motivation. Um, and it, it, it's, it's hugely inspiring for people to be able to move from concept to to something that they can actually see how they they can make it happen. Um, and it's working with students, I think, to support them through that early stage, because that can be very, very difficult. Now, in the Growth Hub, we're also working with um, our colleagues down in Arc Labs, uh, the New Frontiers programme, so that we can help students identify future pathways. So if they were fourth year students and they're working on fourth year projects and they've come up with some really, really good in, in your own discipline, you know, computing mm. technology, and they really believe this is something that, that I could do. Well, there are other supports and programmes out there um, uh, within the um, underneath the umbrella of, of the WIT ecosystem that can help them. So as the growth hub, we actually want to show students where they can go next if they, they have entrepreneurial ideas that they want to move on. To to bring it back to research for a moment, this is, you're not just doing this for the crack. As I said, it is a funded thing. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you have better things to be doing, with, although maybe playing with Lego, <laughs> you may not have better things to do. Uh, but so you have taken on uh, a post, a researcher, that you're super, you're co-supervising. I'm correct about yeah, this that's correct, uh, for PhD. Yeah. So, what is it? I know. It, right. I'm asking you, what is that person going to be doing? 
And I don't mean it in a kind of a, a detailed, tell me week by week what he or she is going to get up to. But what is it that you hope they will discover or publish throughout their experience over the next couple of years. Okay, so as Felicity said, what we're doing in the Growth Hub is very much hands-on, the practical implementation of it. Um, And what our uh, research student is going to be looking at is the impact of what we're doing on those who engage with the Growth Hub. So the focus of the research is on um, entrepreneurial identity development. Um, so having a look at their sense of, of, of self um, and how that sel- sense of self might change as they engage in the type of activities and supports that we have available to them in the Growth Hub. So, you know, when students come to college, they're very much at that stage where their sense of who they are and who they're going to be um, is really developing. And you can carry multiple identities. you know, and it, it takes time for people to, to figure out, you know, exactly what the pieces of the, the jigsaw are. Um, so our research is going to have a look at the, the sense of entrepreneurial identity, the degree to which people see themselves as being entrepreneurial or their desire to be entrepreneurial and how that's influenced by the, the way in which they engage with us. OK, can I, I'm going to stop you and ask you a really stupid question because I genuinely don't know. What, 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 what is an entrepreneur? Now, is this one of these kind of how long is a piece of string type yeah, of questions? Nearly. Okay, go on, right. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's just, we, we hear about it a lot and I have an idea in my head as to what I think an entrepreneur is, but I'm not sure if it's, if it's correct. Maybe I'm being reductive. So uh. No, I, I think there's a very, very strong stereotype. So when people hear the ter- term entrepreneur, it tends to be uh, a middle-aged man um, <laughs> in a suit, okay, shiny shoes. Yeah. Yeah, doing that pitch on Dragon's Den, actually. Um, so, so that tends to be the stereotype. And, and there is a problem with that stereotype, particularly when people think of very successful entrepreneurs. Sometimes you're, you're looking at multimillionaires um, and what can happen is that little head in your voice can say, I could never do that. That would never be me. And sometimes that can actually turn people off. Mm. The other thing with it being a middle-aged man is that it, it actually, the research has shown that it, it is a major turn off. And it's a, a middle-aged white man women. as well, I'd say. As well, yeah. It's a yeah, middle-aged yeah. white man, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it tends to be a major turn-off for uh, a lot of, of uh, young women who are thinking, what am I going to do with my career? Where can I go? And they just don't self-identify with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we talk about an entrepreneur, and again, the research sometimes can have different voices going on. It, it's not always consistent. So this is how, how long have you got? Yeah. Um, but but it is somebody who is able to move from idea to action. So they actually create an enterprise. Now, that enterprise can be a commercial enterprise. It can be a social enterprise. It can be a cultural enterprise. But the stereotype always has it as a commercial enterprise. Okay. 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 So by moving to action, they make it happen. All right. So they gather the the resources, they explore the opportunities um, and and they uh, they put all of that together in a way that they can um, execute that idea. Um, There is debate in the research between, um, you know, whether being self-employed and someone being self-employed 
uh, is considered an entrepreneur in some areas they say no, that for an entrepreneur, you need it needs to involve job creation. Um, but actually, the uh, attributes, behaviours and skills that are associated with setting up an, an enterprise will be the same for somebody who is going to become self-employed versus somebody who moves on to, to grow that business over time. For an awful lot of our students, they now live in an environment where um, you know, the, the prospect of having a portfolio career, having to manage their own work. Mm. We're now looking at a situation having to manage their work from home. And so so for a lot of people having these entrepreneurial skills, so you can see where the next opportunity is. You can think, what do I need to do in order to be able to avail of that opportunity myself? What resources do I need to inquire? And that might be training and upskilling. It might be the ability to be able to sell. It might be the ability to be able to network. Um, that a lot of these entrepreneurial skills are very, very relevant for all students, regardless of whether they actually become an entrepreneur themselves. Okay. Felicity, would you agree or disagree or have anything to add or subtract from that? Well, I was just thinking about the meaning of the word entrepreneur. While French, it was created by an Irishman who was living in France, Cantillon. And the meaning of the word... Sorry, who who was that? Cantillon. Yeah, way back. Okay. I didn't know that. Thank you. That's Um, a... I put that in my TED talk. But but I was was just thinking about the meaning of the word, which is a go-between. And when you think about that, I mean, I very much identify as an entrepreneur and just because I don't have a physical enterprise, I don't think that reduces the uh, sense of entrepreneurial activity being exciting to to an individual like myself. And I suspect uh, Margaret and even yourself, Mm. Rob, I'm sure. Um, So we can be entrepreneurial even in our workplace to real benefit of the of our working environment. This is entrepreneurial, what you're doing today with us. Um, And, you know, on a daily or a weekly basis, you can see those who are entrepreneurial really contribute to those around them because they're sparking ideas in others just by being a go between, by going between today and the future, by going between people who will work well with that idea to bring them to fruition by going between creation and market. So if we think about entrepreneurial uh, or the entrepreneur as a go-between, then we all have capacity to be more entrepreneurial. And that's really that's really the piece that I was struck by as Margaret spoke. Yeah. Every day is a school day. I never. I, so I'm learning things yeah. here for, from speaking with you today. So if I repeat something back to you, again, please confirm or correct me or, or whatever it might be. So the traditional entrepreneur of the guy and a, a man of a certain age, let's just park that for a moment. But I'm trying to think of some local examples. So I'm thinking about the um, the, the David and Sandra Whelan mm-hmm. with Immersive VR. Uh, they're a company based in Waterford. And they've the virtual reality company, and they've they've kind of moved that around. They've a, kind of a core idea, but that's moved to a number of different technical products. I won't get into them now because we'd, it's <laughs> we'd be here forever. But they would be uh, uh, creators is maybe the is the word, and they've created a business. They've also created some technology and are creating products based around that technology, and they employ a number of people. Another type of entrepreneur which again is something that I'm only learning about uh, through the, my periphery knowledge of it, would be somebody like 
Tammy Darcy mm. uh, with the Shona, Shona Project. Now, she's yeah. a social entrepreneur. Is, but yeah. it's that idea about taking something and actually going from idea to um, execution. Yeah. Because we all know people who say, oh, you know, I, I have a great idea yeah. and then it sits in the back pocket for 20 years and nothing ever happens with it. Yeah, but Rob, look look, look mm. at Waterford. I think we're absolutely steeped with um, fabulous uh, cultural entrepreneurs. Like, you know... Th- you look at festivals like uh, Spree. Yeah. All right. You know, they don't happen by themselves. They happen because someone recognised that there was a real opportunity to do something that would benefit the people of Waterford. You know, so that that grew from a nub of an idea. The challenge that social entrepreneurs have and cultural entrepreneurs have is that vision has to be very, very real in their heads because they have to be able to go out and sell that vision to other people in order to get other people mm. to come on board to act, to execute it and to make it happen. The other one, you know, just drive out the front gate here uh, and look at the two new Waterford walls that have appeared yes. on the gable ends mm. of the, the two buildings. You know, so so it creates value, but the value it creates is, you know, it, 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 it I think it improves um, the, the surroundings that we all live in. And there's such a sense of satisfaction when when you look at a piece of artwork, you know, it feeds the soul. So so the value sometimes that's created by these type of enterprises, it's, it's not always in terms of the income that they generate. Mm-hmm. You know, they can create benefit that, that's very different to that. OK, so again, to, to try and get this right in my head, and the idea behind the growth hub is this is a space in WIT that can facilitate this sort of activity and the research side of it through your your through yourselves and your your students is to look at the personal changes or the personal growth that's happening with individuals involved in the growth hub. Is, yeah. Mm, I'm, I'm simplifying it probably, am I? Yeah. So so the I suppose the research angle, because you, you are right, it is to, the growth hub is to facilitate that type of activity, that mm. type of, of, of thinking um, to encourage and support people who have ideas regardless of the discipline that they're in. And then the research side of that is to examine the impact that that is having on the people who are engaging with it. Okay. okay. In terms of how they see themselves and how they see themselves in the future and whether or not that changes at all by engaging with us or not. So that's really what we're having a look at. Yeah, and uh, we have a number, we have a series of thought leader talks that are um, ideally uh, such a variety of individuals that all of our students will be able to see themselves in at least a few of these people. And that's that's why we're very consciously choosing individuals who are from different walks of life and different aesthetics, whether that be gender, race, background, age. Um, and also in the context of some of the events that we're holding, we're very committed to social enterprise, for example. And one of our first big events was a blended event supported by CTEL and Peter Windle and and Ken McCarthy and the team. Um, And that was specifically on social enterprise and looking at how we can understand better the social enterprise system that's in Waterford. Waterford is lauded as a social enterprise uh, hub that should be uh, replicated um, nationally and, and internationally. It's seen as 
best and better and best in practice, wow. which maybe we wouldn't realise. Yeah. And I I was very taken a number of years ago with Nicola Kent as a social entrepreneur in Waterford because her ethos of her business is leave no one behind. Now, if an entrepreneur has that as an ethos rather than profit, profit maximisation, I think then the benefit of um, the variety of enterprises out there and the benefit of engaging with a variety of entrepreneurs is one of the things that we're really focused on as well. So while you're doing quite a bit, you're also hearing and interacting with those who have already done quite a bit. And in that space, you're you're gaining that I could be that person Mm. or I could be that business Mm. or I can see myself in this individual who is beyond. We're not negating the suit and shiny shoes, but uh, that that we're beyond that as a sole image of an entrepreneur. So we're widening the landscape for our students. So I'm kind of stupid about business. OK, I'm fully straight with you about that. I haven't, I'm really kind of thick about it. Uh, but say what I know about economics is that if you think economics is just about money, that's a reductive statement. Mm-hmm. So equally, what, what what I'm hearing today is that if you think entrepreneurship is just about financial profit, mm-hmm. that's reductive. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. So is, is that... That's very fair. And actually, more and more, we're using the term socioeconomics. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're, we're ensuring that there's a clear view of social impact being a very important aspect of the economics of our environment. You've often been told that money doesn't bring happiness, um, but social contribution can bring a, a sense of achievement, a sense of, of um, fulfillment for those entrepreneurs. Um, and combined, it gives a sense of an entire system of entrepreneurs that's fairer and better for the community they live in. Okay, I'd like to go. I'd like to talk about a practical example because this is a, an event that ran last week in conjunction with the growth of. So we're speaking now in November. This was last week. The I think it was the seventeenth of November, and it was a gig down in Garter Lane Art Centre. It was a Saint Sister. I was down at it myself. I really enjoyed it. Um, could you so could you maybe set the scene, Margaret, as to what this project is, who was involved and how it all came together and what the point of it was. Yeah. That's a lot of questions. It is, <laughs> but 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 it's a it's a lovely example of what can actually happen yeah. when people come together. So the uh, the Growth Hub offers a bursary scheme to support colleagues in um developing entrepreneurial behaviors, skills and attributes. Um, so this was an initiative um, led by um, Mark Graham and uh, Sinead O'Keefe. Um, and they collaborated from the, the School of Music and the School of Business to um, to host an event um, and market that event. All right. So, so there was an overlap between what they were trying to achieve. Um, and the bursary supported them in doing that. Hmm. 
So um, in terms of uh, contributing towards the, the cost of the, the act, uh, acquiring equipment that they, they needed um, to bring in um, guest speakers to speak to the students from the industry. So particularly for the business students so that they could understand um, some of the, the nuances associated with kind of hosting a live event and, and what was needed. Um, so so the funding was actually made available through the Growth Hub to support, you know, this this um a collaborative uh, endeavour between the the two of them, um, and just from um, you know interactions with uh, Mark and Sinead, both sets of students really seem to have benefited um, from it. In that it was a very very different type of, of project that they were able to really get their their teeth into, mm. um, and I. As Felicity said, with the Lego, I think there was, you know, a huge sense of achievement and a huge sense of of pride from the students um, in being able to be involved in something like this. And Felicity, did either of you get to go to the gig? Yeah, I I didn't. Unfortunately, I I was away for work. Um, I was really disappointed to miss it, but you went. Yeah, absolutely. And it it was just spectacular, yeah. you know, and it was just great even just to see the, the reaction of, of everybody there, you know. Um, but the Growth Hub is very happy to support similar types of, of projects that will allow students to do things that, you know, ordinarily they mightn't have been able to do. So for me, the that event actually help to solidify what the growth hub might be in my head because I was, I'm, I'll be honest with you I wasn't 100% sure as to what it was uh, so I have very strong interest in music and one of the bugbears of mine is that a lot of bands and touring acts miss Waterford they just don't come here for a whole variety of reasons that nobody's quite sure why but many people have opinions on it and uh, Saint Sister uh, they released a great album this year and they came down and they played they're the kind of band that would not suit a pub because they play a harp harp and vocals so they've a lot of harmonies and this harp that's connected up to uh, guitar pedals in a looper and they're doing all sorts of mad stuff with it it was was deadly but that wouldn't work in a pub it wouldn't be the kind of place where you're you know clinking glasses and people are chatting down the background it would have ruined it whereas it really suited a venue like Garter Lane and it was a sold out gig so I I don't know what the capacity of Garter Lane is 100 and something people 120 people or something like that so there it was and I really I loved it I thought they were great it was wonderful to see and I hope the students got something out of it. Oh, yeah. um, and if they do more stuff like that, well, that's brilliant. You know, I really, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it, we're bringing it, the students back together in the Growth Hub after Christmas. Um, again, you know, it is that reflective piece that you yeah. were talking about earlier to give them a chance, you know, now that it's all over and the semester is over, but to give them an opportunity to really think about what they learned from that, you know, um, and and it would be fabulous if initiatives like that were somewhat sustainable, that they could, yeah. you know, run again, and that next year a similar project could could be supported, you know. Um, but but absolutely, and I I think it's real testament to to Mark Graham for, you know. Um, I suppose, coming forward with that proposal. Mm. And again, there's an entrepreneurial angle to that and making it happen. Know, and it yeah. happened. Yeah, because these yeah. things are actually hard to put on. Uh, yeah. Anyone like it, it, It's like uh, icebergs or the swan. You know, the swan's graceful mm. and you don't see all the flapping going underneath. And that's true for pretty much everything that we see. Everyone, yeah. you know, makes it look easy because you're not seeing all the parts that are going underneath. Okay, so if somebody wants to find out more about the Growth Hub, uh, you have a website which... It's www.growthhub.wit.ie. 
Okay. okay. Um, so up there, we've lots of information, um, you know, for, for students, encouraging them to come forward with different ideas. We've uh, any competitions that are coming up. Again, they're made visible. We have resources where they can learn more uh, and we've links to, to useful podcasts and, and things like that. Yeah. We also have a section up there for um, our colleagues. Um, and I did mention at the beginning that the Growth Hub actually has a role in supporting colleagues. So, so for any colleagues who are interested in getting involved in enterprise education or simply learning what that means in the context of different disciplines and, and um, how entrepreneurial behaviours can be supported in programmes that already exist. Because we are aware that there's some really good things going on in other schools. It's just mm. that, again, back to language, they might be called different things. You might use different terminology to describe them. So we, we um, are going to provide resources, access to best practice. We'll be bringing in speakers specifically to speak to, to colleagues. We'll be running workshops that are for colleagues. One of our earliest ones was actually in terms of Lego and how to use Lego as a creative tool. Um, but part of the project is also to create a repository so that the output from bursaries that have been awarded um, can be captured and transformed into learning tools. And those learning tools are going to be made available to our colleagues as the project moves on. Um, up on the website as well, we have a list of events. So our, our events schedule is really going to kick off in the, the second semester where we're bringing in lots of guest speakers. We have the thought leaders talks. We have the different events. We'll be running boot camps. Um, we will be running design sprints um, and we will be running um, other programmes that will support students who don't have exposure to, to entrepreneurship in the courses that they're studying. Um, and those events will be listed up there and, it, and that website will constantly be updated with the latest and the, the upcoming events that, you know, people might be interested. And what we would say to, to people is just, you know, drop into the ones you are interested mm -hmm. in. All right. Mm -hmm. You know, if you happen to, to be off when there's a guest speaker in or for our colleagues, if um, we have a guest speaker that complements what you are doing you know, on a on a module and you would like to bring your students to hear that guest speaker, by all means, just get in contact with us, you know, um, and, and just book them in. And the space is available to uh, individual lecturers who may decide that they wish to use the space um, as an opportunity to bring their students into it to in, in relation to entrepreneurship and enterprise. So, for example, if they decide that actually some of the tools we're using be really helpful with their own students. We can help them with the design of that event for themselves and they can book in online to use the space themselves with their own with their own class. It's worth checking out the physical space because it is very conducive to creativity. So mm. it may be that a lecturer wishes to use that space as their lecture hall for a particular period in a week. And if it's available, then it's available for booking. As long as the topic of choice is around the areas of entrepreneurship, uh, opportunity recognition, creativity, which is pretty much across the boards, yeah. regardless of discipline. Yeah. One last question. And it's it's about research. It's about, I suppose, postgraduate work, whatever. If somebody was listening to this and was thinking about getting into research or starting a postgrad or, or dipping their toe in that world, what advice would you have 
Felicity, we'll go to you first and Margaret, will you go to you second? Oh, passion. I, I mean, that <laughs> word has been yeah. uh, mentioned before, but I, I came from industry and the reason I moved, uh, you, you spoke about money. It wasn't a wise economic move to move into um, move into this sector, but it was a very wise move for continuing to evolve and continuing to develop and wasn't it Michelangelo who said at the age of 87, I am still learning. So I have a few years on him yet. And I think that if you're a research student, if you're thinking of getting into this area, love the topic, love the perspective of learning for the entirety of your life and you will really enjoy research. Margaret, you're nodding your head. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like that's the key because it's it's particularly if you're going to get involved in uh, research at the PhD level. It's a long journey. Um, So it is that interest and that passion that keeps you going and that curiosity that you genuinely want to learn more and to to see how this is going to work out. Mm. Um, So I absolutely um, echo Felicity's sentiments there. Um, Now, that takes a while to figure out what your your passion is, you know, so, you know, don't rush into it. You, You need to spend a little bit of time, come back to what we were saying earlier, to explore, explore the different avenues, explore, you know, where your interests might lie. Um, but absolutely, that that is the number one, I think. To Felicity Kelleher and Margaret Tynan, thank you very much for speaking today in the Nine Plus podcast. If anyone wants to learn more about the Growth Hub, growthhub.wit.ie, uh, you can search for Margaret Tynan or Felicity Keller on the WOT website and you'll come up with your profiles. And if you need to get in touch about anything, all the de- details are there as well. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Nine Plus Podcast. That's Digit Nine PLUS Podcast. Uh, probably should come up with a better name, but uh, coming up with podcast names, like coming up with a band name at this stage, all the good <laughs> ones are taken. Um, folks thank you so much for speaking today um, yeah I, I, I've, I've learned something from this Great. thank you so much Thanks for listening to this episode of 9 Plus. All feedback, good or bad, is very, very welcome. And you can email me directly at roconnor at wit.ie or you can send us a tweet at 9 Plus Podcast. Thanks very much. 